Welcome to the Juicebox Podcast. My name is Nicholas, and in this podcast series, I'll be sitting down with the people building and maintaining projects on the Juicebox protocol. Today, I'll be talking with Mios, a member of Juicebox DAO and the founder of Wagme Studios. Mios, welcome to the Juicecast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so today we're going to talk all about Wagme Studios. So maybe to start off, what is Wagme Studios? Wagme Studios is uh, the the first thing that I that I think is important to sort of like bucket Wagme as is a uh, illustration and animation studio uh, focused on uh, education, entertainment, cultural assets for. Uh, Juicebox and Juicebox projects. I think that that probably captures the heart and the soul of Wagme. But we we try to extend um, and are trying to further our uh, capacity with education generally uh, across Web three, and obviously starting with the things that are specifically pertinent to Juicebox and the way that Juicebox mechanisms works and the way that. Uh, um, questions come into the discord just trying to figure out how to get people from zero to basic comprehension in fun interesting ideally uh aesthetically pleasing ways so that, that's that's wagging awesome so we'll get into a bunch of the projects and things uh i'm excited to hear about some of the projects that i know a little bit less about but first how did you discover web3 when did you come into the scene and and what was your initial experience like yeah, so um, I've been playing around with crypto since 2017, and I was just a regular old Coinbase DCAer for a while. And then um, I ran into Django, and uh, he was like, "Hey, I want to build this terminal in, on the internet that runs on the Ethereum blockchain that allows people to uh, make payments." And I was like, all right, that sounds interesting. And he was not super capable of explaining it to me. And I think in large part because I didn't understand any of the jargon. And so uh, one of the things that happened is he was like, all right, get some ETH into a wallet and uh, go play uh, on Yearn and go sort of poke around. I actually ended up um, really getting my feet wet at uh, one inch of all places. I... I found their aesthetic and um, their brand strong, and it seemed like they had a cool product that uh, that sort of went out and enabled you to make trades uh, on any of the uh, on any of the protocols, and they would source the best data and and best price, and there was ways to get your gas down and all this, and so that was where I got my feet wet, and then. Um, as Django and Perry started to pull the actual product together, I was I struggled to really come up to full speed because they could only speak in developer speak. And as I was trying to comprehend it, I realized there was going to be a huge wall of uh, learning to be done for anybody who wasn't a developer to use the software. And uh, and so that was sort of that was my entry into Web3 was like just getting getting up to speed to understand how this thing called Juicebox could actually be comprehensible to anybody who didn't already code in Solidity. That's pretty cool. It's uh, sort of reminiscent of a prior conversation we had with Zug of Canoe uh, where actually Juicebox was one of the first experiences uh, he had uh, coming into the Web3 space. So it sounds like Juicebox was pretty formative for you as well. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that does a great job of capturing attention. It it rhymes like something you've already heard about, like Patreon or Kickstarter. But um, so that will make you feel like you should be able to understand it. And then when you run into these walls of mechanic jargon and and uh, Web three ness, you are incentivized to learn it because it's it comes across as approachable. And so uh, I think that's why it's such a great place for people to start. Even though you'll hear a lot that Juicebox is too complicated and, and needs better verbiage. And I, I'll agree that 
we need to work on we're constantly refining the aesthetic and the um and the onboarding process but i think there is something great about it being technical and approachable so how does uh, wagme complement juicebox what is wagme's role in the ecosystem at least up to this point so the way that wagme sort of uh ended up a part of juicebox and and being i think a driving force of the brand was that Django uh, reached out to Sage, who is part of Wagme, and was like, hey, we're looking for some, maybe s- some like interesting fruit characters because we're going to name this thing, I think a- originally it was going to be called Juice. Um, actually, originally it was going to be called Fountain, which I'm glad got axed. And then it went to Juice, and he reached out to Sage, and she created these characters. And there was a conversation that uh, where... I was sort of introduced to Sage and these characters and the brand that they were building. And um, uh, I really enjoy a more like skate aesthetic, like streetwear vibe. And Sage just sort of had this punk rock aesthetic that she was rolling with. And uh, this is fantastic. I think that um, this is absolutely something I can participate in. I have an opinion about, I'm, I'm passionate about. And, uh, and so the, the key or the puzzle piece that we fit was that Juicebox wanted to be edgy, non-corporate. It, it wanted to like have its own opinions and it didn't want to be, uh, bland. It, Juicebox wanted to be something that, uh, kind of stood up and said, yeah, this is what we are. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else because we think it's really cool. And Sage did a really good job of conveying that um, with her approachable yet punk rock characters. And uh, I think I think that's where Wagme has had the, at least the initial fit was just trying to carry the, the core emotion of Juicebox with some characters. Um, we didn't play a role in the uh, the user interface um, or the uh, the color palette or the the fonts. We didn't we didn't really play a role in that. That was all Perry, um, but it all just melded perfectly together, in my opinion, and I think has sort of cemented that um, that emotional anchor in Juicebox in a way that I think people really. Well, they either connect with or they don't. I think that's sort of the the magic is building something that people either uh, love or hate, and maybe not uh, something that is just lukewarm. Definitely, there's much much more uh, similarity between things you love and you hate uh, than things that you're just really indifferent towards. And uh, Juicebox branding definitely does have some of that energy. I'm just looking at the website now. There's a bunch of characters that are all sort of familiar to me. Some more familiar than others. There's like a citrus slice. I, I don't know if all the characters have names. Uh, there's the sort of orange slice. Uh, there's a pineapple. Yep. There's a blue fruit. I'm not sure exactly what fruit it is. I think initially blueberry was the was the call on that one. <laughs> okay, okay. And, it looks like uh, a blue grapefruit or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, it's a you know, it's meant to be a little bit like, hey, whatever. I'm fruit. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a old man uh, apple with a worm coming out of his head. Who's yeah, uh, yeah. sort well, of the old man apple is actually one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to know where he'll play a role in the future, but I, I think um, I think he'll certainly go down in the um, in the canon of Juice uh, Box in a way that like uh, will be fun to dig up in a coffee table book in 50 years or something. Absolutely. So all these characters are, uh, one is like spray painting, one's got a paintbrush, the other is weightlifting. Uh, the old man, Apple with a worm, is uh, carrying his bank stuff. Uh, and then maybe the most famous, uh, at least to me, are the juice box, which is a kind of anthropomorphized juice box uh, that at least in the Discord is called Quint. Uh, and I, I don't know, the last I heard is that nobody knows how it got the name Quint. Do you know the story? No story. Uh, I think it is a, uh, I think it just has to go down as an unsmystery, mystery, man. I, I can't begin to figure out how Quint would have made it in there. 
Um, I kind of love it, honestly. Um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's also worth noting that uh, I think a, a fun sort of anecdote is that uh, Danny, uh, who everybody knows and loves, I mean, I think one of the fun things is that Danny is a banana and he nobody's ever drank banana juice. So that's kind of a fun uh, stand up and be like, yeah, we're, we're irreverent and we're going to be exactly, you know, uh, a contradiction here. Um, and then, uh, it's also cool that, uh, Sage had named Banny originally Yo Banana Boy. And I was like, why would you name him Yo Banana Boy? Cause I tried to call him Banana Boy all the time. And she was like, no, 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 Yo Banana Boy. And, uh, it's because it is a, um, uh, what's the word? An anagram. It goes, you spell it the same way forward as you do backwards. And that's like one of her favorite things in the world. So she's not, Sage didn't make the call. She didn't make the, the podcast. Um, Gone But Not Forgotten, uh, Sage Kellen is an absolute uh, incredible human being. Um, and Yo Banana Boy, a.k.a. Banny, is iconic in my opinion. And uh, will definitely go down in history as one of the coolest brand um, uh, characters of all time. Totally. So for people who just maybe don't quite know what we're talking about, Banny is the banana character that uh, you can see, at least currently, when you share a juice box project, uh, the the sort of banner that comes along with it in uh, in a Twitter share or in Discord will be a picture of Banny. And uh, Banny's also all over the Discord and the juicebox.money website. Uh, and really feels like something that could only come from an artist like Sage who... Uh, lives in rural parts and loves dirt bikes uh, are some of the things I know about Sage. <laughs> yeah, loves dirt bikes. Um, is uh, one of the sweetest people I've ever met with the most amount of fire, which is a really interesting mix. You typically don't see that sort of... I've never seen anything quite like a Sage, Kellen. Um, uh, uh, an interesting anecdote about Sage uh, that she has confirmed with her mother... Uh, I'm going to tell you a story for you, Sage. I hope this is okay. Um, apparently, her mother was the original illustrator um, and uh, wireframer for uh, who who framed Roger Rabbit. Oh wow! And sold the story in the um, or at least the illustrations uh, of which to uh, Warner Brothers Studios uh, for three hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! That is the, the the kind of a famous little story. It's actually, nobody knows that story, but I think me and Sage, but it's a cool story and it should get told in the world. Wow. So Wagme is composed of a few different people. Are you and Sage the only ones or there's other people involved too? No, there's uh, actually Tamar um, Bertula is a, uh, another, uh, she's, she's our primary animator. Um, cool story about uh, Tamar is that she is from the country of Georgia and I ran into her because when Juicebox first spun up, uh, it was pretty low-key, you know, and Sage and I were trying to figure out exactly if, you know, how we were going to play a, a more grounded role at Juicebox, and we were getting paid out of the um, uh, standard payouts for, you know, for helping Juicebox sort of build its brand and um, do a little biz dev and that sort of thing, and then... Um, once uh, once we started to realize exactly what Juicebox was capable of, we were like, wait, Sage and I should just step aside and create our own Juicebox project. And uh, we, along with Tiles, um, were some of the first, very first Juicebox projects um, on the platform. And within a few, God, it felt like, it felt like weeks, maybe it was a few months, but uh, the Sage went on vacation for a, a week or two and was like doing, you know, a little lighter um, in her workload. And all of a sudden, Juicebox was exploding. Like it was literally on fire. I, my memory has it that, um, oh God, was it Shark? It might have been Shark. Either way, it was exploding. And I was like, oh no, we have so much work to do. And there's all these people piling into the Discord. And, um, and I was like, all right, I need some backup here. Cause I, you know, I mean, I'm, 
I'm creative. I'm just not a talented artist. And so I reached out on Fiverr and I was like, hey, looking for a person who can sort of meet this criteria. This is kind of what I'm looking for. Here's my shitty sketches. Um, I'd like to create some animations of a juice box because we'd yet to make this uh, like an actual juice box with any character. And I figured that would be a good way to to sort of bring the brand in and also do some education. And um, and I met uh, Tamar, did a few projects with her uh, via Fiverr, of all places. And then um, it was going great. And she seemed to fit really well. And it just felt really like odd to live in this Web3 world where um, we were using a funding platform and people were creating these things called DAOs. And... Um, and then to go back over to Web 2 and and then use Web 2 and deal in that whole space to organize and create work and, and exchange value. And so I invited her over and she came in like guns a blazing and has been an incredible asset to Wagme. And um, I, I think one of the most, I think is going to become one of the most talented animators in all of Web 3. I mean, her her skills are, she's still refining them, but I mean, She's she can whip something up super quick, and then she's also got a really beautiful, uh, like a like a mythological uh, bent to her that you just really hard to see. She's got some incredible creatures that she makes and animates, and uh, we're gonna. I'm excited to once we get to a maybe one day we'll get to a, a spot where we're not slammed at juice box, and ideally we get to uh, turn some of her mythological creatures into a cool PFP project or, or some dope animation that, that uh, somehow Web3 funds. You know, I'm, I'm excited to uh, see her grow as a professional. That's awesome. So what kind of uh, animation work has she worked on so far? So uh, everything that you see in uh, Juicebox, the, uh, the stickers and the emojis and what, anything that's, Almost everything, 98%, 95% um, is animated by Tamar. Um, all the uh, little educational bits and info bits, anything that moves specifically is her. Um, she's also the um, creator uh, of the pixelated Banny series that uh, is starting to sort of bubble up in the Discord and, and show its face and we're working on ways to get that uh, project out the door in a way that makes the Juicebox community the most legit community in all of Web3. And I think uh, I think her art is a testament to that. It's, uh, it's not animated, but it is an incredible sort of take on a Sage Kellen invention. So, um, but yeah, she's uh, anything that moves is almost certainly her uh sage i'll give total credit for one of my favorites is the uh um is the juice box with the noun glasses uh that is a is a sage invention and i think one of the best little uh stickers or emojis that floats around awesome you mentioned animation and uh one of the productions that wagme studios created that comes to mind is the claymation i don't know of any other sort of DeFi DAO project that has claymation. Yes, you totally. Uh, my brain was totally on Tamar. That, that, that is a Sage Kellen um, invention. I mean, she said right out of the gates when we, when we popped uh, Wag Me Up, she said, I really want to do uh, claymation. And I was like, you're an insane person because it's so much work. I mean, it's, you, no amount of money in the world is enough money to pay somebody to be a claymator. It's just it's arduous and God forbid, like you want to edit a scene, um, or anything. So, uh, those are, that's, that's full sage. Um, she has an incredible tenacity and desire to create beautiful, strange, unique things in the world. And those claymation videos are, uh, I think a testament to that. I think we'll, it's one of those things where when you want to produce a lot of output, it's hard to spend time there. And because of the nature of Web3 and Juicebox, um, it, it just never f- feels like a great time to like do something that just requires more time and effort than other things. Um, that said, I think any good uh, 
art and animation studio should have some uh, some fuck it time. And can I cuss on this podcast? Is that okay? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Some <laughs> some uh, fuck it. We'll just do something that's uh, maybe not the most efficient. So uh, we it's a good reminder that we probably should get back there and, and do a little bit more um, hard to create entertainment for the juice box community. Totally. It reminds me a little bit of the, uh, there's a subset of the more recent Pokemon cards that are, uh, these physical, I think clay, sometimes fabric sculptures, and they too feel like really innovative in the context of, uh, a format that you thought you knew had certain constraints to it. And so to see Banny on the journey to, I believe it's to, to find the juice, right? Yeah. The, uh, the fountain of juice. Um, which is absolutely a mythological place that does exist somewhere out there in the ether. Incredible. So uh, we'll link that obviously in the show notes uh, so people can check it out. But uh, I think it's just like a testament to sort of the vibe of Juicebox uh, ecosystem that uh, the Juicebox DAO would fund this relationship with Wagme Studios to develop this kind of creative um, experimental, I think is like a word uh, that gets thrown around a lot in, in juice box. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's not, a not the type of branding you would find in web two. And, and that's actually what I wanted to ask you about next, which is like, why do you think branding is different in the juice box world and maybe in web three at large or, or the part of web three, the, the weird part of web three that juice box is in as compared to, I don't know, traditional startup culture or other kinds of corporate businesses. What, what makes it different? This is a great topic. Uh, I hope you're ready to strap in. Let's go. So, okay. So I think the, the biggest challenge for humanity is culture. Um, I think culture is a beautiful thing, but it's also a terrible thing. It's so sticky and slow. And um, one of the things that has permeated our our childhood, adolescence, and our adult experience is the rise of corporate America. And corporate America has done a lot of great things. It's made a lot of things efficient. It's it's you know I mean like it's it's created incredible brands. I'm not here to say corporate. Uh, companies and brands are bad or that web two is bad. What I'm here to say is that they, those creatives never got a chance to try something new because the medium was always more or less the same. It was an iteration of the same thing. So it went from, you know, it went from like cigarette ads of like Marlboro man on the back of, you know, magazines to radio to um, television and then the internet. But all of those were working in this medium of we we know what's best for you and we're going to um, we're going to create an experience where you trust us because we, we we're sort of an appeal to authority. And I think that that like permeates every aspect of you know anything you see on Instagram or especially God forbid you watch corporate media it's the worst um, like a yeah it it just it's all this appeal to authority and I get it it works really well people want somebody smarter than them to tell them what's best to do um, but when Web three came along Web three had this uh, DYOR culture that started it um, because it was so undergroundy, cult, culty, dev centric. Um, it was like, look, if you know, if you're not a big brain and you're not willing to do your own research, this isn't the space for you. And and you know, maybe go do something else. And that's how I think crypto was for. I mean, for as long as probably as long as computers have been around. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen, oh God, what is the name of that cult classic movie? I'm not going to remember it on the spot. I hate it. But either way, um, Hackers? Was it Hackers? I think it was Hackers. Um, you can sort of see that there's this like, this vibe of like, we're not going to make this for you, the everyday person. We're making this for us. It's not, you know, it's this isn't a, um, this isn't a product that's supposed to be sold at Macy's. This is something that's made for 
creative gutter rats, basically, which isn't that maybe that's the maybe that's the wrong uh, attribution. But um, and so when marketing came along, and I think any time that anybody brought anything like standard marketing into this space, there's just this huge allergy to it. Um, it makes people cringe. And, and I think for a good reason, what, what's true now and has always been true is that like, if you, if you spend enough time around, um, the corporate messaging and then you leave it and then you come back, you can feel that they don't have your best interests in mind and they're not, they're, uh, they don't actually want you to understand the product you're buying. They, they want you to feel good. And, and that just feels wrong with the, maybe at a core level. And if you uh, intellectualize it, certainly at an intellectual level. And I think what web three is getting right is that, um, we don't need that. We can actually like sell products. We can actually create products that people want to use because they're better. And I, and I think that's what Juicebox nails. It's like it's not trying to sell you anything. It's it's trying to create something that's of actual value, that's different than what has ever come before it. And if you get it, then you're gonna use it. And if you don't get it, then it's you know, it, it there's not a bottom line. Like we don't need to hit quarterlies. It's not a thing that's gonna happen in Web three. And if it does, it's not Web three. It's Web two, uh, and it's TradFi, and uh, and I think that that's why we are able to build punk rock brands like Juicebox. I think it's why um, you can see, um, you know, Curves, you know, Curves brand. I mean, what a brand, right? Like, who would have thought that would have worked? Um, so Web3 is just, it's a different place because it's coming from, a, it's coming from, I think, a more authentic place of creating genuine value and wanting you to want it for yourself and to learn it and to do your own research. And, um, and I think the projects that get it right are, are successful and you can just see it in the numbers. Yeah, I agree with you that there's uh, there's definitely a difference with traditional branding that um, has to achieve a kind of uh, refinement and uh, simplicity uh, and often talks down to the uh Perspective customer, client, whatever it might be, uh, versus uh, what Wagme is doing with Juicebox, which is much more weird and experimental, and uh, sort of something that uh, the artist themselves finds interesting. Still, uh, not something that is, you know, it's not um, the great idea isn't left on the editing room floor or on the mood board uh, or in the sketches. Instead, it's like brought right out into the audience. Uh, I think of Wagme something like a, a meme factory. Uh, I don't know if, if you approve of that descriptor, but um, it seems to me like part of part of the success of what Wagme's done for Juicebox is creating. I think the most recognizable thing thus far is is the Banny character uh, and the Juicebox uh, anthropomorphized Juicebox also, and that these things are meaningful because they're memorable because they don't look like something like I don't know. People always like to make fun of the the more recent medium. Uh, .com logo, you know, these like extremely simplified forms where you can find a hundred other brands on the planet that already have something that looks pretty similar because if you reduce everything to like a circle and a square, uh, you only end up getting this kind of bland, samey thing. And while anybody can draw it, it's not very unique. Um, and Wagme's doing something completely different. Yeah, I, Meme Factory would be, a, I would I would gladly take that sticker and put it on my laptop. I mean, it's um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, the thing that we're trying to do is it's you know ultimately the best branding is it's mimetic warfare. I mean, you're 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 trying to create something that feels memorable and feels desirable because other people find it memorable and desirable, and um, and it makes you sort of think twice about. Like, oh, like, is this something I, I actually like or whatever? Like, I, I think that that's the best case scenario is that even if we start to become the strongest educational, um, animated educational content in Web3, 
the goal has always got to be to produce memeable, memorable, standout uh, content that that really drives at the heart of uh, creator culture and um, the ability to be uh, a little rough around the edges and not have all the polished corners. Um, and I think try to uh, offer up the ineffable, always hard to attain quality of authenticity. Um, and, and that's, that's what I think comes through when you look at the, um, the stuff that comes out of Wagme is that we're really trying to not over analyze and over, um, workshop our ideas. The, the best stuff, in my opinion, the most authentic stuff is like, oh, I have this really exciting idea and it's weird, but if I, if we take it from this angle, I think it could work. And then instead of being like, before we spend a lot of energy on it, let's, you know, let's talk to seven out of 10, uh, web three users. Um, instead it's like, it feels good. It's got, it's got all the pieces that we need. Let's, let's just get it out the door and, um, and then we'll refine it later. And I think that this community and Web3 generally um, appreciate that. They, they like the making stuff in real time publicly experience. And that's definitely something about the shorter feedback loops between tr- having an idea and testing it in the market, not even the financialized market so much, but just you know the market of memes even. Uh, and coming back to the creative process more quickly, like the memes that don't succeed in the market just fade away. Nobody's really going to hold you to account for the tweets that didn't hit. They're going to remember more the ones that did. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We are a hundred percent part of this new world of, uh, get out there and, and create, make a mess and we'll figure out how to clean it up later, uh, sort of experience. Uh, and in my opinion, that's, a preferable environment to you'll get the the sanitized version when we're done testing it uh, experience yeah there's not a, there's not a, a two-year uh roadmap for the branding that you're working on instead it's more coming from an artistic perspective I, this actually I, I wanted to ask you what how, how is the mission uh for wagme evolved since its origins i know you mentioned educational content and that was something uh you were spending time on previously is that something that's still important or how has the the thinking changed yeah so when we first started i was planning on making a boatload of educational content and we made a couple of what is arguably like mediocre first pieces just to kind of like get our feet wet and um the feedback was what i would have expected for the most part, except for I got some pretty strong feedback from some core members that were like, hey, maybe just hold off on educational content while we um, get version two out the door. And maybe by version two, it'll be worth spending some energy on this educational content. Uh, I took that advice to heart. I'm, I kind of regret it. I kind of wish we would have just kept pushing forward with um, educational content, but um because now that we're going back to it, we're actually having a lot of fun and I think we're creating real value. Um, even though it might get scrapped because the protocol changes or the UI changes, uh, I still think it's valuable uh, for the people who are currently using it and, um, and whatnot. But the mission, if you want to call it that, shifted at that point and we just moved to straight to meme factory. Like how do we, how do we get as many iterations of possibly irreverent, interesting, uh, emotional uh, concepts into images and animations that people can vibe with. Um, and <clears throat> I really enjoyed the, uh, the, the process of trying to find that sweet spot of uh, creating something that is an analogy for an emotion or an experience you're having while not being too abstract so that you can um, so that you can put that sticker in a discord and 
99% of the people sort of get the whole vibe you're just trying to convey. You know, you don't have to write out a, a paragraph about why you think something is worth eye rolling for or um, or worth worth putting some other um, sticker emoji on. It instantly is conveyable uh, in a way that only um, like characters can. And then ideally what it's doing is it's conveying an energy that specifically the Juicebox Discord is trying to to convey. Um, and really this could be for any Discord, but one of the things that we acknowledge and try very hard to like at least keep in our conversation is that Juicebox is a, it's a work forward. It's a, it's a uh, productivity Discord as opposed to a uh, hangout community. Um, it is that as well, but we try to make things around like what would somebody run into when trying to work with somebody else or what would somebody run into when uh, somebody uh, um, is having trouble with this current aspect or what have you. And a way to just sort of like create a bit of a clubhouse vibe where the clubhouse is trying to actually make something cool, like a, an incredible lemonade stand or what have you. Yeah, I totally agree that uh, maybe, maybe we should give a little bit of context. So you're talking about uh, taking some of these characters that Sage and Bertula and you have developed and uh, taking those illustrations out of just straight web pages and other related web media and writing to the Discord so that they're accessible to people who are using them as Reacts or as stickers. And I guess, have you seen uptake and, and what's the community's feeling about that kind of cultural production? Yeah, it feels it feels strong. It feels like they're I'm I'm still waiting on that like Pepe moment for uh one of our characters. It's ideally or almost I uh it's almost certainly going to end up being Banny. But um I think that uh there are characters that just transcend their their um their location of origination and end up becoming a uh, a cultural icon that conveys the moment itself in history and not just uh, its origin. And uh, so I, on one hand, I, w- I would like to say that I think the process is going incredibly well. We're producing beautiful, like authentic, very vibe heavy content, you know, incredible cultural assets for uh, not just, Juicebox, but for other uh, projects on Juicebox, but I've yet to see something catch fire, and I think that's something that I'm excited about seeing. I mean, to be fair, we're still pretty new. Uh, I think Agni might be five months old. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was looking earlier. It's project number five on the protocol, and the protocol launched uh, mid July, so that makes it yeah about about uh, five and a half, six months old, something like that. Yeah. So uh, you know, I should probably give ourselves time to, to build out this mimetic, uh, Leviathan. But I think, I think we're going to make it. And, uh, and I, in an ideal world, we don't just make it for juice box. We make it for, uh, we, we make other things that have similar power and gravity and capacity for other projects around web three. I think there's a beautiful world where Wagme makes, um, product and content and illustrations and animations for, other projects outside of Juicebox who are, um, who have the same ethos. I think that's a big, you know, important thing for us is that we're all sort of on the same page here about why we're here. Um, and, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm hopeful. It, we certainly have the most talented team, in my opinion, out there who is getting um, the opportunity to experiment and create at breakneck speed so yeah yeah can you can you tell me a little bit about if somebody else did want to work with you how that relationship is structured maybe how does it work with Juicebox, and how might it work with another client if somebody was interested in working with um with Juicebox as a as a client and not as a not as a an animator or an illustrator but as a uh somebody who wanted to use wagme services am i understanding the question correctly yeah that's right yeah like if there was another project on juicebox or maybe even outside of the juicebox ecosystem who wanted to sort of engage wagme services what what does that kind of relationship look like so far and how might it look for someone new coming along 
It typically starts with a, uh, a comment in a Discord that we're in or a, a DM in Discord where somebody's like, hey, uh, you know, I really enjoy the, the content you guys are producing. Here's my project. Do you have any thoughts? Um, and it typically is a pretty organic process where we start with what their vibe is that they're trying to go for. We make sure that it's something that Wagme would be great at producing. If they were like, our vibe is corporate, be like, probably the wrong uh, organization to help you here. Um, and then we have an iterative process where we, um, yeah, I, I guess the easiest thing to do is just tell you exactly how it works. So um, the the so the first piece of art that we make. Um, is a little bit more expensive because to get to that first piece of art that really identifies your brand, it it is a it actually quite a bit of work and back and forth. And then once we get that initial piece that uh, the client, including Juicebox originally, but yeah, I mean, uh, including um, projects on Juicebox, once they've found something that they're really excited about and they feel like really meshes with where they're headed, then we know stylistically and uh, vibe how they want to go. And every other uh, piece from there is, is less expensive because there's, no, there's not as much iterating. And then we, uh, we can add animation, slight animation, or we can actually pull full characters into uh, educational um, shorts as well and turn your 2D uh, illustration into your static 2D illustration into something that actually moves across the screen and uh, and conveys sort of a deeper information. And uh, we're, we're, uh, we try to be pretty easy to work with, not a bunch of paperwork and uh you know conversation just a a basic conversation up front just to make sure that we're all on the same page and then it's just a quick back and forth we try to be uh rapid fire and and get a product out the door um and it seems to be the way that we work in Juicebox as well which is create stuff get some feedback go to the you know go back to the lab change it Put it back in Juicebox, see how it goes, and that and that and that works great in this space. It's um, it's been uh, a smooth experience to not have lengthy board meetings about brand and imagery and color palettes and these sort of things, and instead to have a quick conversation, really try to capture the essence in a fifteen to you know forty five minute phone call. And then get right to it because that's where we're all going to learn is when you actually see some color on a page. Totally. So who who else has Wagme been working with lately? I saw is it Vibes Farm, the the most recent uh, collab. Yeah, we did some Vibes Farm stuff. We uh, we did worked with Wuji, who's a, who's a part of Juicebox. Um, super cool. Oh really? Yeah. Um, and uh, we've done. Um, let me go back through uh, Griff. Who's not a uh, Juicebox uh, project, but uh, is a really great uh, Discord where their um, their animation or their illustration is of this uh, sweet but sort of demonic uh, Griffin. And uh, oh, you know what? That is Wuji's. I, I got it mixed up, um, but that. That project is great. We made a series of illustrations for uh, Griff that is that are just, in my opinion, like we could make an entire Netflix animated series out of these things. They're so good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting um, process in engaging with people who don't even quite know what they're doing yet, and then there's a in this space, you get a lot of um, 
I guess I'll use the term tire kicker. I don't know. You get a lot of people who want, think they want to start a project and kind of pull a lot of pieces together and then ultimately realize how much work any of this stuff is and then we'll back out. So we've had plenty of conversations that, that don't go anywhere, um, not because we're not good fits necessarily, but because the projects themselves sort of stagnate. Um, and, uh, and, you know, ultimately we've ended up spending 95 percent of our energy just creating stuff for Juicebox, as well as um trying to work in the lab making stuff that ultimately will to build the Juicebox brand but doesn't necessarily end up in Juicebox because they're like a bigger project we uh we're, we've been working on a um a i guess what you could call a generative pfp project um for the last month month and some change sort of behind closed doors and that has been a really incredible process also different because you're not really getting to share that as you go and get feedback it's you know been sort of an opinionated project and uh, that's been a lot of fun i'm hoping to hoping that sees the light of day here soon because it's such quality uh mimetic brilliance but it's gonna it it needs contract stuff it needs it needs technology behind it so we're we're pulling all those pieces together yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that um maybe you could tell us a little bit about the collaboration with lexicon devils uh what it is how it came together and uh what the progress has been so far yeah that has been an incredible project so um that came about because uh stav who's in juicebox knew uh lexicon devils and was like hey we should all get together and and see if there's like something that we can do together and lexicon devils was like yeah let's let's see if juicebox would be open to having sort of a headquarters in the metaverse and instantly i like was all over this this felt like an incredible opportunity for juicebox to sort of put its flag in the sand and uh and so we we put up a a strong proposal that where we um, actually built out a, a an example, I don't even know what you would call it, uh, a sort of beta version of what could exist in the metaverse and used that space as the proposal, basically wrote out the proposal for Juicebox and then put it on the wall in this, um, in this makeshift pop-up Juicebox headquarters. And uh, in an ideal experience, the per- a person on Juicebox would end up in that experience, reading the proposal and sort of seeing what it's like to actually have an experience over there. And uh, it uh, it passed with flying colors. And um, yeah, to be honest with you, it's been I mean, Lexicon Devils have just absolutely blown my mind. I had no idea that it was going to be this good. Uh, so uh, can, are, can you explain a little bit what 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 is Lexicon Devils? Lexicon Devils is, is a group of uh, highly talented um, three-dimensional artists uh, who work primarily in uh, crypto voxels. And one of the things that they that makes them so incredible is that they're, they're super users of crypto voxels. They really understand the culture and, uh, and what makes the metaverse specifically crypto voxels, a uniquely beautiful experience in the world. And, um, uh, it's made up of peace node germs. Um, it's made up of, uh, I should have all these guys names in my head, but names are not my forte. Um, and, uh, they, they're just, oh, uh, Wacko, um, Zacho Wacko, they, those guys have really done, um, something unique in the world that I think everybody should do themselves a favor and pop in. This should definitely be a show notes link. Um, the amount of, uh, curated, like meme brilliance in there is incredible. Like there's all the all the juice box swag all the juice box projects that are that have seen uh uh momentum sort of stand up in there that there's there's little hidden gems easter eggs there's uh 
there's all these different rooms. There's also uh, places to uh, party. There's an educational center. Uh, it is, I mean, the goal was to create something in CryptoVoxels that stood on its own as a educational experience for what is possible on Juicebox. What could you fund with a Juicebox project? And uh, the idea was that this should be a shining example of, of how uh, a group of people could gather themselves and then get funding in a door and then use that funding to create something incredible in the world that then supported where the funding came from or, or, you know, anything. And, um, and so the, the juice box, uh, educational center juice bar is a place where contributors and people who, uh, who like to spend their time around this ecosystem can gather and, and, um, help craft the, the juice box experience with us. There's, uh, we are have still yet to launch a ribbon cutting party. Um, we're almost there. Uh, I was I was hoping we could organize it so that it happened around the same time as Juicebox's fork to um, 1.1. I think we'll get close. We're, uh, it's certainly um, a topic of discussion. I think uh, we won't have everything we wanted ready for that, but I think it's going to be a great opportunity to do a grand reveal. Yeah, I think uh, it's also worth mentioning that we've been hosting the Juicebox Town Halls, which happen every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. UTC, uh, every week, uh, both in the Discord as usual and also in the CryptoVoxel space lately. And I've been sharing uh, pictures from people hanging out in the Juice Bar. So there's uh, lots of cool spaces. There's like a dock with a speedboat that's Juicebox themed. There's a uh, yeah, the educational center you mentioned. There's like a dance, a couple dance floors at least. Um, educational videos in YouTube embedded into the CryptoVoxel space that people can check out. A, a hallway with like a preview of some of the images of that uh, PFP research project uh, Wagme's been working on. So it's definitely a cool uh, further extension of the kind of meme work that Wagme's been doing through a collaboration with Lexicon Devils. And actually, I thought it would be worth mentioning that uh, I think it's lexicondevils.xyz is the Lexicon space. And uh, they are also operating as a project on Juicebox uh, and are the recipients, uh, together with Wagme, of a a kind of grant uh, to pay for the purchase of this land in CryptoVoxels. And... um, the development of the 3D space that we uh, come together in every week and maybe for a party coming up soon too. So pretty cool project that Wagme's been involved in. Oh, I mean, it's it's a game changer. I, I don't think there's any other way to cut it. It's completely changed what we think Wagme should pay attention to and how how we want to help push the whole industry or whatever you want to call it, the whole ecosystem. We think that a lot of uh, the branding and um, meme uh, crafting and delivering should be happening in a, in a more interactive space. And uh, it turns out that CryptoVoxels is an incredible space for that. It's just a wonderful place to actually feel like you are interacting with a brand. So, um, yeah, for anybody out there who is metaverse curious, I think CryptoVoxels uh, holds, you know, holds real weight. It's definitely cool that you can drop into it with just a URL and, and it's so accessible on just about every kind of device, mobile phone, laptop, iPad, whatever. Uh, and, and I think what really convinced me about that project was, um, you know, CryptoVoxels is a space that's been, uh, First of all, it's a very cool project that emerged from like a single developer in New Zealand doing it on the side for years without people really paying too much attention and then built this really, uh, or, or, you know, built a a very genuine community around having these meetings in parallel between voice chat and uh, sort of NFT gallery exhibition spaces in voxels. Um, So to me, it seemed natural that if there were people who are experiencing uh, Web3 
uh, well, if they're having Web3 experiences, such as visiting NFT art galleries, then it would make perfect sense that there would be sort of crypto voxels or metaverse native, uh, a need for metaverse native interfaces to things like Juicebox for creating DAOs or interacting with those DAOs. So it's pretty cool to see this space come together at first as like this kind of educational gathering space, uh, but maybe eventually also as a a way to interact directly with the juice box contracts on the blockchain without having to go to a 2d website at all. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. I think it's, I think it's super interesting and a lot to look forward to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think we've all got a lot to learn. It's going to be a, a fast changing world out there. And, and, uh, this is definitely a space to be paying attention to. So I wanted to ask you, as someone who started a Juicebox project, like what have been the greatest struggles and do you have any kind of takeaways that might be helpful to people who are thinking about starting their own project? Maybe it's to do with meme stuff, but maybe it's some different kind of project. Uh, what have you learned along the way going through this kind of uh, unconventional process? Um, I'd say the biggest uh, the biggest challenge out there has got to be the shift from the regular everyday lived world, the web to, you know, nine to five, uh, K through 12 education system, just the regular culture that we grew up in into a world that's sort of being invented, uh, all anew by people who kind of are actively trying to make something that isn't like the world that we're coming from. So, there's a big shift uh, intellectually and emotionally with this uh, self-directed um, l- lack of uh, lack of clear expectations world where you're where you directly benefit from being a person who is willing to try something and break it and. Uh, and not ask for a ton of permission, but just start creating. So that's been probably the hardest um, to ramp up for me and Wagme is this moment where we're like, oh, we just have to, nobody's gonna tell us what to create. We just have to start making it. And uh, it's, it's going great, so. Awesome. So if there's any artists out there who think this sounds really cool, um, is there, uh, what's the best way that they could get involved with Wagme? The best thing to do is to engage us over in Juicebox and maybe even bring a bit of your own zazz. You know, start iterating on what you think Juicebox could need. I mean, there's no there's no limit to the kind of creativity that that Juicebox as a project could uh, could take in. And if uh, if that's this thing that a person is enjoying doing, they have time to do it. They're passionate and they think that there is uh, a good fit between what they're doing and what Wagme's doing. We'd love to be a part of it. I mean, we're, you know, we try to be as Dow as, as anybody by saying, we're not really here to say what, uh, what you can and can't do in an ideal world. We do things together sort of independently and by doing them, wag me and its uh, counterparts are better for it and so um it it should feel like a it should feel like a friendship so if anybody's interested just come make friends and we'll we'll figure it out awesome that's a lovely message well mios thanks uh, so much for joining me today to discuss wag me studios and everything you've learned along the way it's been really interesting talking to you and hopefully we can catch up with you and uh, maybe bring sage and bertula on in the future Oh man, you guys should absolutely meet them. They are characters for sure. So, uh, Nicholas, killer work. I I've absolutely appreciate what you're doing in this space. Uh, I don't think you can get enough uh, praise and accolades. You've really brought a um, wonderful vibe and legitimate voice to a weird space that uh, that needs somebody who can sort of break things down and and. Uh, squeeze out the good stuff. So I appreciate you and, and uh, I'm, I look forward to working with you long into the future. Well, thanks. 
Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to come hang out with us, come check us out in the Juicebox Discord or reach out to Mios on Twitter and check out uh, the project on the juicebox.money website too. Thanks. All right, y'all. LFG. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Juicebox podcast. You can find us online at juicebox.money and on Twitter at juiceboxeth. Join the conversation at discord.gg slash juicebox. The Juicebox podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Views expressed by guests and the host do not reflect the views of Juicebox DAO or the Juicebox podcast. The Juicebox podcast is not investment advice or a solicitation to make any financial decisions. Projects on the Juicebox protocol are not vetted by Juicebox DAO. Each project on the Juicebox protocol is responsible for its own crowdfunding parameters. The tokenomics of one project may differ from other projects on the protocol. Do not make contributions to any project in anticipation of financial returns. Please do your own research.